podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk and Bookstagram. And I'm Caitlin, joined by my host, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And boy, oh boy, are we back with an episode today. We are finally getting into the long-awaited Crescent City 2, House of Sky and Breath. And I'm just going to say and put it out there off the get-go. If you have not read this book, this is going to have lots of spoilers and there's an epic spoiler. And so I want you to experience this the right way, which is to be spoiler-free and have your own thoughts and feelings on the ending of this book. So this is it. This is your spoiler warning. I'm saying it once right off the bat, two minutes into this podcast because we got thoughts. Um, So many thoughts. So many thoughts. As you guys know, the – Book Talk Made Me Fandom has been calling for us to cover this for so long. And specifically, we had to hold out because Bridget hadn't read it yet. And the gods were on her side because she had not been spoiled until she read this book, which she finished, what, like 24 hours ago? Yeah, I'm still processing. I would say 24 hours and 20, 30 hours ago probably. Yeah, so it's it's fresh for you this ending. Oh, gosh. We're just so excited to get into this because now we can get into the, all the theories, our true, proper, unhinged theory, which we tried – Hilda and I tried really hard not to just overwhelm you with, like, all the possibilities that are out there. So many possibilities. Um, but let's just say the next episode on our unhinged theories is going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm ready. I got theories. I am ready to tell you, Hilda, you're wrong about someone being an archangel. And let's go. Let's do it. Before we get into all of that, we do have a couple shout outs we want to give to some of our friends. But first and foremost, I have to give a happy birthday because today we are recording with a queen who is recording with us on this, the day of her birth. And that's Hilda. So thank you, Hilda. And happy birthday. Thank you. You know, slide into the DMs. Wish Hilly a happy birthday. Yeah, wish her a happy birthday. We're celebrating all month because it's Gemini season. And that is that. You can also wish wish Bridget a happy birthday, which happened not too long ago also that I forgot to give you a shout out for. So we're doing it now. <laughs> Two Geminis and a Taurus. That's why our, our – that's the secret sauce to our podcast. That's what makes us funny. Exactly. <laughs> or unhinged. It's really a toss-up. Unhinged yet funny. Good Lord. What the last episode when we covered um, – So actually good to note too, we covered Crescent City 1 in two parts. So those were the last two episodes that we posted. So those were episode 7, I'm sorry, episode 47 47 and 48 that we covered all of book one. And if you've listened to Crescent City 2 or Crescent City 1 part 2, you heard us blubbering away at the end of Lava's death. And I don't I don't even think we were really drinking at that point, but it's just we were really pretty sober for that pretty point. Pretty sober for those emotions. So safe to say we don't cry during this part. That's that's good. Our tears well, remain intact. Yeah, no, we won't cry. Part one. Part one. Maybe, part one yeah, yeah. maybe part two. Maybe the eyes will swell up with a little bit of moisture due to, you know, the feelings of coming home. Okay. That's all. Okay. That's fair. Hello, you saw my reaction video. I did. You know those were tears in my eyes. I like <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie, Caitlin and I were actually together when your video came through. And I watched it and I was like, I feel like I'm a little underwhelmed. But then we were like, you know what? She's processing. 
She's going to explode. And then a few hours later, we got the what the actual fuck. (laughs) I was just like, no, this did not. No, because you guys, the fandom, you guys, we'll talk about it, but. It was so great. And then I like, I, like actually recorded. I read that last line and you see me like leaving the clip because I got up and I had to take a walk. I was like, Mm-mm, what is that? I marinate on this. God, because what an ending, right? Okay. We're, I'm not going to get into it now. <clears throat> but um, so that's our first shout out. Happy birthday, Hilda. Um, second shout out is to Katie Lee on Spotify. Um, if you don't know, now you know, but we do um, questions that we throw up on Spotify because that's a cool feature Spotify has. And this week's question was, is it Danica or Danica? And Katie Lee agrees with Hilda that it's Danica. Um, shockingly, also someone named Bridget agreed with also Bridget that it is Danica. So, so weird that these two Bridgets so, found each other. Right? Bridgets unite. <laughs> also want to give Corey a shout out. She was messaging us, asking us to – I stopped writing. So what was the rest of that? She just finished listening to the last episode and wanted us to record the reaction video to me finishing the book. Yes. Sorry, Court. That's Which on is me, not on you. That was she a just messaged request. us literally a second ago. I was like, how funny because we're about to record. So, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. You got that reaction video. And As you know, it's underwhelming, but. <laughs> I don't know. You have, a, you have a moment where your eyes like bug out a second. You're like, wait. <laughs> you have this face. I will say it was great getting your text when you're like swirls swirls i am unwell (laughs) and i was like yes she's going and i was like in a meeting so i'm like oh uh, mm -hmm." like checking my phone (laughs) um love that also want to give another shout out of some love for everyone that received a sticker bridget's been hard at work mailing those suckers out which came in delightfully addressed package because i got some extras so we want to see where you guys are putting your stickers you know we have commitment issues and we can't decide where our stickers go so we just place them gingerly where we want them to go but we would love to see where you guys are putting them are you putting them on your kindle are you putting them on your computer we'd love to see it so make sure you take a photo tag us on instagram at booktalkmademe underscore pod we'd love to see it one last shout out hilda you want to do this one yep a quick shout out to it's either AB Topper or Ab Topper um, from Instagram. She freaked out a little bit because she thought we weren't going to read Crescent City. But I assured her that not only did we read book one, but we read book two and we are covering them on the podcast. So don't you worry, girl. We got you. Here it is. All right. So again, spoiler warning. You've been warned. Tread no further because we're going to be spoiling things. Really spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. A hundred like, times. We don't normally warn you as much as we are right now. Well, we try to. It's I mean, our we try to. We try to. But this but like is, heed this, is, this warning, you know. Yes. Like please. Like this is uh, serious. So yeah, serious this is more stuff. like we, as part of the fandom, want to protect you, you if you have not read this series yet. So I highly recommend. Sometimes the other books were like, yeah, if you don't plan on reading it, go ahead and listen. But this is like, no, 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 no. You stop. You read, you stick it out and get to this ending. And then you come so, back. And come back. Because I would hate for anyone to finish this book or finish this podcast and get spoiled and be like, oh shit, no, I want to go and read it because it really does take away from that ending. And when you get to that point, you can then slide in it to our DMs and be like, I am unwell. 
and then we'll be like, "Ooh, let's talk about Welcome. it." Welcome. What the fuck is also appropriate we response? Are, <laughs> we are also all unwell. So, as with the last book, we're going to record this one in two parts because, again. A lot happens. Every time, but so much happens in this book. And we want to make sure we've got time to get into all of it. So in Crescent City 1, part 1, we talk about the hierarchy, the places, the people, the government. So if you need a refresher, pop on over there. It's in like the first 30-ish minutes, I think, to get that refresher. And then you can pop back over here. So... Before we get into it, let's talk about thoughts and feelings on this book at a high level before we hit that five-minute recap. Who wants to kick us off? Uh, Caters, you go first. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Okay, my first thought is that freaking ending. The ending, I was rereading it again this morning and I just – oh, gosh. It's just so – Good. I think I texted you guys. I was like, what is happening? Even though I know it. So I'm not sure if this is a multiverse situation or a back to the future situation. Like we're going back to the past, we're going to the future. I'm not sure. I don't think anyone really knows. I think at several points I had texted Hilda, I think we're in the past. Mm-hmm. No, we're in the future. No, we are in the multiverse. Based on clues I was reading through the text. So I, I don't really know, but there's I'm very theories excited. on this. Oh, oh, yes, there are theories, and we're gonna talk about it. In this book, you know, so much happens, but there are so many information bombs that were just dropped, like big, big chunks of information. We have Danica's mate, Danica's dad. She's also a bloodhound. Agent Day's true identity, which was a big reveal. And we'll talk about that later. I want to know when you guys realized who it was. Uh, Regulus, you know, masterminding it all. Also, why is he in a teenage boy body? Like of all the bodies you could pick, why that one? So we have thoughts and feelings on that, man. I loved Bryce outsmarting all of them to keep Emil safe. I love heroin with heroin with a plan. When Aelin has got like their last stand on a mountain and like the ships come in and everyone's there, like this girl's got a plan. And I love that Bryce always is thinking three steps ahead. Like I just love how smart she is. Like we said in the first one, reading this again, knowing what I know now. There's so many connections and spoilers and Easter eggs that are that are hidden throughout. So it was it was like a whole new experience. It was it was kind of fun to reread. So if you haven't reread it from the first time, you do highly recommend you do it again because it's just as entertaining the first time. It's just as action packed and stressful as the first time, but you're picking up on so many little clues and nuances that was it was cool to uncover. Hilda, what do you think? So my first two points are really just information clarifications. So I also listened to our first CC1 recording and I realized we kept calling Luna's horn just the horn. We know it's Luna's horn, but we, we just kept call saying it, I the, think in the five minute recap, we said it was Luna's maybe, horn. But we also, just kept calling it the horn. Bryce the call horn, it the horn, the horn as well. So. so I was just like, it is. yes, we know it's Luna's horn. It's not just a horn any horn it's luna's horn also i went back and verified about danica's sword i don't think it did have a name it's just like her family heirloom sword and so then i put here what if it's narben okay so you, that was I saw your notes lost. on that with narben and i was like who the fuck is narben like what i thought caitlin was about to go in and be like oh yeah and i was like so remember in- narben 
remember in a court of silver flames when they start uh-huh. talking about like the maid swords so the first one is gwydion where they're like gwydion's lost well clearly we know gwydion is not lost anymore mm-hmm. and then there was the other sword that supposedly somebody destroyed and that was narbin and i think even lanthus mentions it mentions it so then i was just like what if danica's sword is narbin probably oh danica's sword true. okay i was thinking the star sword because at the end when they meet you know who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh she's like oh it's gwendy and i was like who, who's narbin then yeah Thank no, you for narbin, clarifying. narbin was another powerful sword that was lost or destroyed but was it i don't know that i would name a powerful sword narbin well, the names get me like why you had so many awesome names more badass names than narbin narbin seems like the guy you would cheat off a math test with you know narbin there used to be a song about narwhals swimming in the ocean causing a commotion because they were so awesome <laughs> i don't know sure song, but I'm, i kind of wish i did but anyways just a thought Maybe we'll find a theory about it. I have waited so long for B's reaction. So long. So, so long. long. And I don't think we're done processing it, which just makes me no, really excited. Absolutely not. I feel like I have to reread the book again because there's just so much information and everything in this book moves at such a high pace that you're just jumping and from it's not POV just this book. to POV. It's, it's to POV. in Crescent City it's 1 too. Yeah. Like yesterday when we were talking – did you realize that Jessica has a book of breathings in her library? No, you probably didn't. Nope. It was a throwaway line when Rune is searching through or she's searching through and she's looking at titles and she's like, this title, that title, book of breathings. And like, you move on. And I was oh, like, I know the scene, but in my head, breathings. I was just like, blue, 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 blue. Exactly. Let's move along, move along. But now that get you to know. The, part, the spice, do, 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 do. <laughs> That, never, that you never get to. No. Um, okay. Spoiler, I guess. It's just Post like, spoiler. it's so exciting. During my first reading, I didn't realize how long it took for Bryce and Hunt to actually hook up. So I literally have here, what the fuck, Sarah? Like, fine. They fooled around a lot. Great. A lot? It was good. One, two, three. Kiss. Sucks the soul out of him. Gets the soul sucked right back out of her. Boom. I will say that entire gym scene, I was just like, is no one here concerned about swamp ass? <laughs> very like, okay, cool. We just know that he's straight up sweating, Jim. She's sweating. She's sweating. Like, and when she's like, ran, ran her fingers through like his sweaty locks, I'm just like, like, I think there was a part where she like mentioned, she's like, ooh, I'm very sweaty. Right? So it's like, I literally thought to myself, I was like, I was with Henry Cavill. Would I want to run my hands through his sweaty locks? Yes, I would. The answer to that is yes, but I did have to think about it. Really? So, like, I kind of get it. But anyways, the entire time they were in the gym. I just don't know if I would want to feast on sweat, you know? That's the part I can't. Yeah, swamp ass, swamp ass. (laughs) Like, uh, we kind of covered this already. So many connections. So many connections. You go back and reread the book a second time. I feel like you read it through a totally different lens. And it's awesome. Celestina really threw me off in this book. I don't. Yeah. To to this moment, I don't know how I feel about her because she's super cool. But then she gets super pissed at Hunt when he runs off. It was wild. I was like, why why do you give me like ex-girlfriend vibes? Like, 
And so then, and I get it. She's like, oh, I was super close friends with Shehar and whatever. And obviously we know that she's not interested in him, but I don't know how to feel about her. And then finally, what is up with the princess of hell? Now, I realize this might be my own fault and my upbringing, you know, hell, devil, bad, then, you know, fine, red kingdom of the wicked. And it's like, oh, princess of hell can be sexy. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) But still, like for the most part, princes of hell have like a negative connotation. We know the Asteri are the bad guys. And is it Thanatos? He's an asshole. And Apollyon, maybe he's an asshole. We're not quite sure. But then Aedas is fucking cool. Like, come on. He shows up as a cat. So when did we meet a Thanatos? Thanatos? Thanatos and the Mystics when they went to go see the Mystics. He was the one. Okay, I forgot what his name was. All he's right. the Prince of the Pit. Pit, Pit, yeah. Yeah. So princes like, of the Pit. I can't remember who's who. There's the Chasm, the Pit, the... No, he can't be the Pit. Apollyon is the... He's the Pit. Well, he's one of them. He's one of them. God, there's and... seven of them. We can't keep them straight. And we don't know all their names. And how so, many different names can come up for like a small dent in the earth? You know what I mean? Like the pit, a chasm, yeah. a, well, like I said, a small dent, but like. Is there that's because like it's not actually a dent. It's an entirely new planet. Is there like the lake of fire? Like, like again, and I get it. This is hell and not hell, but it just, I need answers, I guess. Clarification. Any clarification on how this government system works? Yeah, just like the planets. Okay. Maybe it's like, um,. Kingdom of the Wicked, where you have the seven deadly sins, and they all have their own little territories in their planet. Well, like, the the concept of, like, the seven rings of hell, you know, we've had that since, like, Dante. And mm-hmm. so, I guess that's where it comes from, like, you have the seven layers, and it's, like, how far deep you went was, like, based on how terrible your sins were. Right. But, I don't know, again, it's just the concept, the dichotomy of, like, hell equals bad guys. Well, maybe not, because... Kinda wanna did wrath. So <laughs> she goes, kinda wanna. Um, I did. <laughs> Clarification. I did. So, you know, just I need answers already, I guess. Is it January 30th, 2024? Oh, I mean, not quite yet, not, but not close enough. Man, <sighs> I cannot wait for that. I feel like that's gonna be like my Harry Potter night. Like I'll be up all night refreshing till that bad boy hits my Kindle. I'll be listening to the podcast because I don't think I'll read it before then. I don't know, Bridge. You're – I believe in you. I – there's no desire to reread it immediately. Like okay. how there has been for other books. Like I think I've read Zodiac Academy like the first couple ones at least three times already and I'm all Zodiac Academy out. I have no desire to reread this book. I felt the same and it took me probably two years before I reread this. Actually, this book came out two years ago? I think the yeah. first one. The first one did. But it took me that entire time to reread it. And absence does make the heart grow fonder. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? Yeah. I reread Akatar, the whole series, several times. I only read Throne of Glass once. And obviously, I only read CC once. I kind of feel like I need to go back and read Throne of Glass again. I was thinking about this mm-hmm. earlier. I was like, Throne of Glass was such a long series. And I enjoyed every second of it. Even, um, what is it, Tower of Dawn or Dawn of Tower? Tower of Dawn. And I don't know if I'll be ready anytime soon to reread it. However, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the different POVs and the way the format of the book was. I still enjoyed that last book, the way they laid out the POVs better because there's so many characters versus like this one because she did not do one character per chapter. She would be like mid-chapter, switch out POVs mm-hmm. to an entirely different person and they're not even in the same location and then switch back 
before the chapter was even over. And my chaotic heart was just like, where the fuck am I going? Am I here? Am I there? Am I there? Because I like pictured it in my head and I just felt unsettled the entire time I was reading this. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think a couple times like the spacing was weird when I was reading it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, did I, is it just like the next sentence or did I skip ahead to a different POV? So sometimes that transition was a little different. And it is third person. So sometimes like I had a hard time determining, like I would start reading and I'm not really paying attention fully. If the there was a skip and I'd be like, am I reading Hunt's POV or am I reading Bryce's POV? Because sometimes theirs are very similar where I'm like, who are you? And then I have to like back up and be like, okay, I think we're Hunt or I think we're Bryce. It was very frustrating. Yeah. No, this is definitely one of those series that like your mind can't wander to other things. You need to pay attention every second. Bridget, what are your thoughts? What the actual fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This book was 800 pages of pure drama and chaos god i by the time i got to the end of the book i don't think i remembered anything from the middle of the book because there was just so much happening at such a quick pace and like i said the pov switching constantly my brain couldn't like fully form the scenes before we're skipping to another one it's funny you say that because you were ahead of me read reading this for the first time and you're like oh i'm at this part and i'm like what where because i did not recall for the exact same reasons you said like oh that happened i forgot about that like i just completely forgot about that you know, when your body's in like a state of stress, you tend to like immediately forget everything that happened in that moment. I feel like that's going to happen with me this book because I felt stressed the entire time I was reading. They were in a series of oh shit moments the entire time. Whether the stakes they, were high. The stakes were high. So whether they were in a oh shit, I'm almost about to get caught doing activity that I should not be or oh shit, Danica fucked me over one more time. <laughs> Not Danica. <laughs> Yo, I hope that Maybe when I Danica, die. but not Danica. Danica would never. Uh, Danica would. It's Danica <laughs> that wouldn't. I hope that when I die, I'm still haunting everybody the way she does. With Like, I'm going to pre-plan <laughs> with my shit. Riddles. <laughs> with my riddles. And you're going to be solving problems throughout the rest of your life. Can I but say? I aspire to do that as well. So, you know, if you get... So- Random letters in the mail. Just know. It's me. (laughs) Coming to puzzle you for three more years. I did appreciate some of your live reactions when you texted us. Some of the first few being like, what? This doesn't even start with Bryson Hunt. You were so annoyed. You were so annoyed at the prologue. And then you were like, friends? They're just (laughs) friends? When I read the part that they agreed to wait until winter solstice to fuck, I was like, sorrows, sorrows, prayers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with you guys. I'm no longer in this blue ball situation with you. I'm moving on. I understand why they did it, but I also needed it, you know? I also understand why they didn't actually have to wait till winter solstice. Thank God. Yeah, because they're about to die any second. They couldn't die at any second. Also, I had no frame of reference to like where we were towards winter solstice. Like I know they said it a couple times, but like I couldn't remember. I'm like, they were. This they a said month they were away, like five four months, months away? away. Okay, that's no, what I thought. they were because it was sometime in the summer. Yeah, so the everything happened last spring, mm-hmm. mm. and so then like we two, start back up after. in July. So they had around like summertime July-ish all the way till December. Well, and the autumn equinox, I'm assuming, is like october oh, right. September, yeah. Like September 20th, 21st. 
I was like thinking beginning of October, but also it was kind of confusing because they said it was like the thinnest, the the veil between the realms was like the thinnest. So what's his face could connect contact Bryce. So I was like, oh, it sounds like Halloween. Oh, I assumed it was Halloween. Who knows? Um, I was actually really upset when Ethan's throat got torn out because I thought he was actually going to die. You I know, that's pissed. another thing I forgot about. And reading it again, I'm like, it wasn't like, oh, he, he like sliced his throat. His throat was ripped from his body and then they healed him. Yeah. I was just like, what? That seems, I mean, I get veneer. We're going to heal or heal fast because we're fae. But that just seemed like a pretty final, final Bryce's death. Like, that's going to take a minute, you know? Yeah. Bryce's reaction to him, like at, the way she reacted, I was like, oh, holy shit. It's, it's happened. Yeah, he's like dead. it's done. He's dead then. But he's not. Spoiler. The Archangel. I, I just, girl, what the fuck is going on in your head? Celestina. Celestina. Um, I also didn't realize that was her name the entire time. What were you calling her? Celestial. Why? Celestial? Don't know. That's okay. I, you know what? I'll let this one pass because I was calling Adidas, uh, Adidas for a while. So, <laughs> like, it's okay. Wait, can we talk about the best one? Cormac. 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 Like Cormac. Cormac spice. I immediately, I, I didn't even finish reading his name. And I was like, okay, his name is McCormick. <laughs> and then you texted us and I was like, McCormick, yeah. And then I realized later, oh, it's Cormac. But I, Cormac. I also fully invited McCormick into, into my life. Name. Cormac, McMick. I was like, Mr. McMick. McCormick Spices. And in the audiobook, because this time I did the audiobook, he's like Scottish. So it just, like McCormick, it made sense. Well, really went down a tangent on Cormac there. I'm really fascinated sometimes by the connections your brain makes. It's so great. <laughs> Bridget, take it away. Yes. Did I start talking about um, Celestial? Yeah, you already talked about her. Um, Celestina? Celestial. Celestial yeah, seasonings. Bryce pulled an alien. Yeah, Bryce pulled Aelin and I was like super impressed and proud. And I was like, oh yeah, now I remember why I like SJM because she makes these very strong female characters that are badasses and brilliant. They're not just a T yeah. and they're not just a pick me girl. I was, like I said, stressed the entire book. And because I was so stressed, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm still a little mad. I don't know. Okay. A little mad about what? I feel it's so hard <laughs> to say what exactly I'm mad about. I really did enjoy the format because it was just giving chaotic energy and everything was moving at such a quick pace that there was no breeder. So it's like your brain had to be on the entire time. And I felt like we were missing key fundamental relationship building points that would have been done if it was at a slower pace. But it was like straight 800 pages of go, 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 go. It was a lot. Yeah. And then by the time I got to the end, I felt like a fool because I was like, everybody else in this fandom has read this. And I'm over here like, when's the next SJM Akatar book going to come out? And it's not. It's not. So. Well, for a little while. Well, not Akatar. It's, it's Crescent City next. For obvious reasons. Right. But we don't know, like, is the series going to be combined now? Or is there still going to be like an Akatar side? Are you guys talking? Because you're all muted. I'm muted. Sorry. So <laughs> I was trying to say, I think it's going to be, I, I, for obvious reasons, it's going to be like a Crescent City-centric story, but I think it's going to spill over. So I think when Bryce departs that world and goes back, there's maybe the next Akatar book would be like the aftermath of her leaving. I don't, I don't know. Just, just, just see us. There's so much I don't know that I'm just like, ugh. So much that we don't know. We can only theorize I'm, at I'm this he point. I'm here for the long haul because I'm invested 
and I'm just so, so curious invested. now. I know. It's gonna, I, I think it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Uh, speaking of epic, Bridget, you want to walk us through this five-minute recap on this epically long book of so many epic things that happened? Sure. Okay. You know, gear up for this. Five-minute recap. Someone time me because I want to see if I can actually get this done in five minutes. I think you actually could. This is our, I saw the notes. I think this might be our first ever actual five-minute, five-minute recap. It, I just can't go off on a tangent. Uh, right. hold, hold on. Let me queue up the timer here because I really want to see if you could Let it. me get some water. Don't, don't – just speak normally. Oh, yeah. Caitlin knows. Like I can fly by because I talk really fast. So fast. <laughs> okay. Ready? Okay. Immediately when you start off this book, you're thrown into a couple or like a character you have never met before. So we meet Sophie Redast. Are we saying it right? Cool. She's a Ophian. Ophian? Ophian. Ophian rebel. <laughs> Ophian. 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 Yeah. Ophian, Ophian rebel. The book says Ophian. So she's a human that had made the drop. So she has this very rare power that they call a Thunderbird power. And she's on a mission to save her brother who was captured after her parents died as rebels. And he's living in the Kavala death. Kavala death camp. Yeah. Cool. Just, you know, two double two checking. So far. Yeah, <laughs> crushing it. It's in Pantera. Um, okay, cool. As they fled the camp, they were attacked by the guards and Sophie stays behind to fight them off. She's captured and killed by someone called Behind. behind. The hind, but what's the hind's actual name? Lydia. She's captured and killed by the hind, also known as Lydia. Her brother flees with the other captures and ends up meeting another um, rebel agent by the name of Pippa, and he ends up fleeing from her. So Sophie, before she went into the camp, she made sure that she was a valuable asset to the rebels, and so she found out information that could help them in future fights against Asteri. Asteri. Before she died. So Bryce is just living her normal life. So this is the beginning of the book, chapter one, after the prologue. Um, Bryce is just living her life. She's going to the ballet. She's just trying to be normal, but everybody kind of looks her way. When Darian, did I say that right? Yeah, Darian. Darian contacts three three. her. I'm very shocked. I'm like, I'm just going to mess it up any now. Time now. Um, Darian contacts her about Danica. And, you know, Bryce loves Danica. And anytime Danica's involved, she's like, whoa, whoa, what's up? Um, so she finds out Danica was in contact with Sophie and tasked her with the job of finding important intel that she was looking for. And she even arranged a safe spot for Sophie's brother in Crescent City. So when Bryce finds this out, she's immediately she finds out everybody else is hunting the kids. She can't let it go. So Bryce is on a mission to find Emil, who is Sophie's brother, with her friends in tow. And she's determined to find and protect him from everyone else, even if that means that she starts lying to her friends because they might mean him harm. Um, she gets a visit from Adius, the Prince of Chasm, who actually encourages her to join the rebel cause and work with the undercover veneer named Cormac McCormick, who turns out to also be his fiance, her fiance. Um, so don't worry, Hunt is still around and very much in love with Bryce. Bryce finds Emil before everyone else, and she keeps it a secret. She arranges for him to be adopted by her parents underneath a new identity. And now that Emil is safe, she realizes that they should be searching for the information that Sophie got killed for. So Bryce and her friends go rogue and they become enemies of the rebel. They're hiding from the hind and the triari. The Prince of Hells are threatening to invade the armies and the Asteri are a threat, AKA everyone is their enemy and we don't know who to trust. So a lot of things happen after that and they find out that Sophie is truly dead and she carved a number se sequence into her arm and the number turns out to be a room number in the Asteri archives. So they believe this is where she found the information that led to her death. So naturally, Bryce is like, 
I need to figure out what's in that room because that is super important information. So they break into the Sari archives with the help of her boy bands, which are her friends. And you'll see why I call them that. She finds out that Sari uses first light and second light as their power source. So, you know, once every veneer makes their drop, they give a little bit of their power as first light to power the city. So the Sari has been siphoning them off and using that for their own power source. And so she finds out they have also been going from planet to planet and conquering them and sucks the power out of each one. And um, a few have rebelled, including H-E-L, hell. So Bry- Bryce Rune and Hunt are all caught when they're in the archives and they're taken into the throne room where it's revealed that Regilius has planned the entire thing. He needs her power to be able to activate the horn to open up a rift because he wants to continue conquering other planets. And he's going to start with a planet where her people hail from. It's a fey planet that we might know about. And she's going to start there because they fought them off years ago. They fought them off the first time. And they're still bitter about it. His revenge. Um, So Rune is actually there and he's creating a plan for her to escape because she has the first light power. She has the horn. She's super valuable. And she is upset. And she's like, I will make a bargain with you, Regilius. Let my brother and my mate go, who is Hunt, by the way. And I will open the rift for you. And as she's saying goodbye to them, they whisper, go on our queue, and they make a plan. And so on the queue, they create a diversion and attack Regilius, and she runs for it. And she's heading towards a gate that's in the palace that is similar to the other gates and is supposed to transport her to the other planets. And she's going there with intentions to go to hell to raise the armies that um, Ideas had told her about. So she pops into the gate. She wakes up in a place that does not seem like hell. It is lush and it's green and you know the people are speaking a different language and she doesn't know what's going on. And she's asking, bring me to the Prince of Adia, Prince Adias the prince of the pit and they're like what who so she decides to try out her fey language her old fey language i'm sorry because i know who would be doing that what who and i'm like that person would not be doing what who what (laughs) truly just So she's taken into this house and she meets all these people and she starts talking her the old fey language, I think it's called. That's what yeah. she's talking, right? Old, and, the old language of the fey. And uh, one of the persons was like, that that language has not been spoken here in forever. And then the people who seem like the leaders of the group were like, what is your name? She goes, my name is Bryce. And he goes, hello, Bryce. My name is Resand. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? mind blown and i remember reading this being like what what and i remember i was my husband was at a conference i crashed along i'm in the hotel room he's doing his thing i'm reading and i was like i have to discuss this immediately because i was all alone you know like to me Velars is such like a comfort place it's a home for me so i was like i feel like i just came home and i'm crying coming home coming home I, i need to read that last paragraph The male stepped forward, tucking in his wings. He smiled slightly and said in the old language, in a voice like glorious night, Hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Resand. Oh, chills. And that's how it ends. That is the last sentence of the, well, technically the last sentence of this book. There's an epilogue, but 
And I loved when Bridget was like, swirls, swirls, I am unwell. <laughs> because like it starts adding up and I was like, brown chestnut here, winged man, she's not in a demon. And I was like, the fae, the isles he's talking about. And I was like, hold on. To what? me, it was the the swirls. And then the river in a house that she saw. Because I'm like, it's the river house. Holy shit, that's them. I honestly – I think I just read over that part because I don't even remember them mentioning the The entire time I'm reading, I'm like, is this – is this Asriel? It was was And then like, I keep going. I'm like, I think it's fucking Asriel. Oh, my God. As soon as she said that this woman – look, this person who is fae looked like Fury, Fury. I was like, this is Amran. Like this – Amran. It has to be Amran. Because she's the only one that features. I was like, oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. And then, and then the like the brown hair girl, Faye, comes in with the winged one. And then you know what really tipped me off though? It was the trouser trousers and like a the shirt paint. covered yeah. in paint. And I was like, this bitch just very just walked up in some overalls and said, "I am here, you're queen, like a country bumpkin." <laughs> Did I do it in five minutes? Probably not. Oh, hold on, I got um, sidetracked. <laughs> That was ten, but also it was there was just there was a there wide some interruptions. I I'm gonna give it to you. I think it was the quickest Sweet. one we've ever done. That's if I didn't pause for all my like pronunciation pronunciation verifications. <laughs> to be fair, I think you were at like the three minute mark when you had gotten seventy five percent of the way through. So yeah. Sweet accomplished. I don't want to rain on your parade, but it is chasm, not chasm. Is it? Yeah, and chasm it is. <laughs> and like I'm um, doubling down. And Adis. Adis. You know, I've been saying Adis the entire time, and I don't know why I fucked it up the last time. I was like, we're going with it. And then, not to jump ahead. Danica. Oh, go ahead. No. We're going <laughs> to let that one slide, Hilda. <laughs> um, but speaking of names, while we're talking about it, there is an Ariadne in this. And what yes. book were we reading where there was an Ariadne? Is the Neon the... Gods, the Dark Okay, Olympus. that's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. Like, this is not a name you come across very often, so I just want to make sure. it's often enough. I guess so. It's like Asriel. Asriel is popping up everywhere in a book name. God, there's even a book called Book of Asriel. The Book of Asriel. Mm-hmm. Alright, so that is your five-minute recap in ten minutes. Let's get into what actually happened in the rest of this book in part one. So, Bridget, I think you said we are covering the prologue, the prologue. and Into the Chasm. Into the Chasm. Chasm. <laughs> All right. So, hit us up with the prologue. What happens? So, as I mentioned in the recap, we're introduced to Sophie, and she is an Ophian rebel. And she went to the death camp to on a rescue mission to retrieve her brother. So, she's been at the camp for two weeks now, and she finally locates her brother. Before she entered the camp, she made sure to find valuable information and kept it a secret to ensure that Ophian will assist her on this mission if anything were to go wrong. Um, she also told her them that her brother was a Thunderbird, which is a super rare power that she has. And so that made him valuable. So if anything were to happen to her, they would make sure to find get him, him and yeah. keep him and get him safe. So Sophie's actually half human, half an ear, and she's able to switch between her two identities. So it's her, she's able to go undercover a lot because she just switches on her human form and she's not detected. So her brother, when he's found, she he begs her to bring along a few other of the kids that he made friends with in the camp. And of course, she can't say no. It's her brother, and you know he's doing a good thing. So they all gather up the kids and they escape the camp. And on their way there, they're on their way to the first meeting point where they're supposed to meet another rebel agent. 
the alarms start going off and the Dreadwood Dreadwolf guards start hunting them in their shifted forms. So they're able to make it to the first meeting point, which is where they, we finally meet Agent Silver. And he drives them to a port where they will get on a boat and then get on to a ship where they'll all meet Agent Pippa and then flee the area to safety. So Sophie has this plan on where she wants to take her brother, where he's going to be safe. As they get to the port, the Dreadwolves descend on them. And Sophie tells everyone to go run onto the boat, get there, and I will come later because she's going to fend them off. And she kind of gives like a, they have a farewell moment between her and Silver just in case anything happened. You kind of knew like, this was going to be some serious shit. So she ends up using her Thunderbird power. So this is the first time we've ever heard about what Thunderbird is. We kind of were just assuming it might be something valuable. And she is able to light herself up. And I don't know exactly how they die. Do they just explode? They get Do electrocuted, they, basically. So she's able to suck up energy and then disperse it out. Okay. Yeah. So she's like – she siphons it and then uses it. Yeah, so I think she like led them into a fountain so they were already wet. So then when she unleashed her electrical powers, they all got zapped. Yes. So she ends up killing a majority of the guards and she thinks she's safe. So she starts heading to the boat and as she makes the corner, she sees the hind who is also named Lydia. The hind is notorious. She's a hunter. She always gets her mark and she also has a sharpshooter with her or a sniper. And mm-hmm. the bullets that they use – um, I forget the name right now, it's but like it Gor- basically Gorsian Gorsian bullets will stop any shifter from using their power or veneer from using their power. And she gets shot in the shoulder and she tries and she tries to escape, but she ends up passing out. And so the hind sad. is notorious in the Asteri ranks for being a spy. Breaker. for nothing out the rebels. She's notorious for her um, like demented torture. She's notorious for killing everyone. So she is, very feared to me reading this it felt very like nazi and gestapo's with the, the death camps and she would have been one of those up there right there hunting hunting them i think it's also important to note that she has worked with hunt in the past when he was a slave yeah um, so part of sandriel's triari yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say that the hind is technically or she was technically part of sandriel's triari but everybody knew that she always reported directly to the scary so she knows things she's got people Um, in high places she truly does so uh sophie gets shot by a sniper and then she's end up she's taken by the hind meanwhile agent pippa and this is pippa's point of view um she's in position she's on the ship and she sees the boat coming and she knows that sophie and her brother are supposed to be on that boat along with agent silver and she sees the thunderbird power being used and she watches it destroy all of the omega boats that are in the harbor and she's excited because she's like wow this power is great the brother is so powerful we need to keep him because she wants to use him in the rebel cause and then she's notified that sophie actually got caught and she's not on the ship i do want to so, point out sorry that pippa no, pippa spetsos i can't remember the name of like her regiment lightfall the lightfall, lightfall. regiment pippa is just as bad as the asteri like she's just she's like extreme she mm-hmm. will kill Veneer for the sake of them just being I veneer. think she's like Sandriel's opposite. Like exactly. the, yang, the yang to Sandriel's ying. So if Sandriel's ying and fanatical on one side, Pippa is the same exact person on the other side. So she's an extremist. She's deadly. Command likes her because she, she'll finish out her missions and she'll get results. But like at what cost? At the lives that she had to kill to be able to get that information. Like, um, she so can't be trusted with Thunderbird power. Right. Right. Like, you knew it would 
be, be used a bad thing. Co- incorrectly, correct. Yeah. And so Agent Silver knows that as well because they're kind of, even though they work together, they're kind of rivals for who was going to be leading the next cause. So when she finds out that Sophie's not on the boat, she's disappointed because she knows she's going to get in trouble because the Ophian sent her there to ensure she's coming back because Sophie has that important information that they need. But she saw the Thunderbird power and she's like, this is the next best. So we're going to take it and roll with it. When Sophie wakes up, she's on the ship with the Hine and she's being questioned about who did you tell this vital information to? And when she says, no one, I haven't told anyone, the Hine tells her, this information will die with you. And she tosses a coin out into the ocean to show her how deep the water actually is before her cronies toss her into the ocean. Well, it's a stone. It's like a quartz. Is it a yeah, stone quartz? Did I say mm-hmm. stone? So she tossed it in there. She got tossed in the water and she sank down because she has cinder blocks attached to her um, and she's in shackles. So that's Sophie. And Sophie can't believe, honestly, in her good luck. She's like, oh my God, I escaped torture with the hind. I'm going to be drowned. What a merciful death, which if I'm thinking I'm going to be drowned, I'm not thinking merciful, but could have been Especially way worse. Especially knowing the hind and her a little group of people. Absolutely insane. I do Passion have a question. Crazy. This is the first time that we were introduced to the Dreadwolves. Yes. Are they like, you, you probably don't know the answer, but <laughs> are they like wolves that are then used in this unit so they become the Dreadwolves? Or is it like a subclass of the wolf shifters that are then, I guess, mixed with bloodhounds? So because that's a good question. I assume they were a, like a race of the wolves. Huh. Like a sub. Uh, see, like I a, assume yeah. they were like Danica's pack of devils, except they were called the dread wolves. So these are super your, intense. Like, yeah, you're super intense. Your navy seals of the wolf pack. I thought they had like special powers, like they were a different class of wolves. Yeah, because I is it just Mordok? I yeah, think he's he- the only bloodhound. Wolves by nature have a very strong sense of smell, so they're good for tracking. But Mordok is a bloodhound, and he has extra layers that he can sense. It's like a specialty. Okay, that's his specialty. I was curious yeah, about they're what classically you guys- trained in smelling things. Yes. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, so here we enter part one in the. Well, what's super interesting to me about this too is because it goes reverse. Thro- yeah, sorry, you're thrown into this book at a completely different POV, getting completely different characters in completely different places of of origin. Because most of Crescent City one takes place in Cav- in um, Crescent uh, City, Crescent City, yeah, obviously, <laughs> and in Valbara. And then you're in a completely different side of the earth with different people and different powers that you're exposed to. And it's a little disorienting at first to be like, but, but where are we? Like, am, it, I, am I, did I pick up the right book? It definitely was like a hard pill to digest because I, you remember the last episode I was asking you guys, okay, so like, is this, Rune's going to have POVs? I thought this was going to be a Rune book and we were going to get his journey moving forward and we'll get a few POVs from Hunt and Bryce and blah, 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 blah. That was not what I no, got. No, and I struggled a little bit getting into it because I'm like, well, I don't care about you. I don't even know who you are. Give me Bryce and Hunt and the gang. So, And then I had to like tell myself, just forget about Hunt and Bryce and just like focus on this. And then I was having like major flashbacks to Aelin when she was in her, her slave camp. And I was like, uh, oh yeah. my God, this is and, like and, this and feels like the same exact place. Yep. Trust the process. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I first started reading, I was like – there's a war? Why do we need rebels? 
I was so confused. Remember, That's you I wore this in a day and a half. You didn't digest remember, anything from Crescent I was City the girl. One. I was the girl that I was like veneers on my teeth. What? <laughs> What's a veneer? Who are these people? All right, Bridget, <sighs> bring us home. Well, not home. Like, and bring us into the beginning of the book. Yeah, <laughs> bring us to the beginning of the book. Okay. Part one starts with chapter one where we finally meet Bryce. And Bryce is just trying to live her daily life as a normal veneer in the city of Crescent City with her friend, not boyfriend, Hunt. But everybody knows what she did this past spring and they all see her. They all gawk at her. They all whisper about her because she's hella famous. She saved everyone. But she's still just trying to like move on with her life so she's attending a ballet starring juniper her best friend with her parents and hunt and while they're waiting for hunt to arrive because he's doing some special task at work her mom is hounding her about her new job so she's no longer working for jessica in whatever jessica's gallery was named um and she took a job at the fave archives which we know she's working at the fave archives that means she's working underneath the autumn king and her mom is not happy about that that's not all. She also like gets it into it with her about the fact that she's in a non-relationship with Hunt. Mom is momming and Bryce is, you know, feeling it. So she's texting and flirting with Hunt and he finally shows up. They go off and sit into their box seats, which are meant for Angel so Hunt could be able to sit comfortably. And as she's sitting there before the show starts, her scar starts glowing bright light and it lights up majority of the theater and people are like hey put that light out and she's embarrassed and hunt takes his hand and places it on her chest and covers it for her and let me tell you the tension between them in these first couple of pages hello i was like they're gonna fuck within the first 25 percent of the book i was wrong so wrong 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 (laughs) so wrong so after the ballet her brother rune invites her over to a small house party which turns out to be an actual full-blown rager and while he's there hunt receives an email from his boss slash friend isaac and says that there's a new archangel that the dairy have appointed to the position of governor for their area and she arrives tomorrow so they're going to be meeting them and so they're talking about it with their friends and bryce asks him to be you know nice and go in with an open mind and like leave back all of that hate that he had for the archangels before and she tells him be an approachable asshole and i thought that was so funny just wanted to call it out while we're at the party we find out for sure that hunt and bryce are not actually in a relationship and they have decided to postpone having any sexual relations until winter solstice because the past before when they first met they were so caught up in investigating all these things and then fighting off demons and saving the city that they wanted to make sure they got to know each other before they just hopped in bed noble immediately was like hmm okay that sucks and everybody has blue balls so great so many emotional and physical blue balls in this Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, we know you like each other. You know you like each other. Just, Just do it Do already. something about it. Anyhow, so here's the part that the whole TikTok, book talk, Instagram, bookstagram, everyone fucking blew up about this one scene that is literally like a paragraph. Where we told Dan you that. I told you. 
I know, but I was just expecting him to have like more spicy things throughout the book because you started so strong here. He does so, get a good scene later on. Later. Much later. Much, much later. We're talking about like 75%. And we're still in the first chapter, like the first two chapters here. So Rune Dannon is at his party. He blacks out and wakes up to a fawn riding his face. And he's like, not a bad way to go. Yeah. Yup. Rune Dannon knew three things. <laughs> he didn't know three things. He'd smoked too much mithrote, which was the and shame. Too much whiskey. Yeah, because he couldn't feel the feel. female writing his face. Or he didn't know her name, something like Asan. that. He's like, who is this? Who cares? She's I think pretty. the he smoked too much because he couldn't feel his face. He drank too much because he couldn't um, remember her name. And then something else. I forgot the last one. It was great. I was one crown prince. I wish I never saw all the viral stuff because I think I would appreciate it more. However, the fan art for it is spicy. Good. Of that Go scene particularly? The one with like someone writing his face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excuse me. Let me go find that real quick. <laughs> She's Google. like BRB. Um, Google and so- private. <laughs> so as that happens, they finish. She gets off and he's about to advance on her and make sure they're okay to move on to like round two, the um, third base. And Flynn barges in and tells him that there's been a disturbance on Declan's new security system. I'm seeing facial reactions. So I'm like, that was third base. They're gonna go to. They're gonna go home. I guess he was going for a home run. I don't know. Okay, well he was going for a home run and gets interrupted. You know, for the life of me, I cannot keep Declan and Flynn separate. I don't know who was who because I think in my head one of their names is Declan Flynn. So it's really confusing. <laughs> it's Declan. I get that. It's Declan Emmett and Tristan Flynn. Tristan Flynn is the Lord. Right, and, and Declan is the IT the guy. Nerdy Wait, tech. is Tristan Flynn or Flynn Tristan? It's Tristan, Tristan Flynn. Flynn. Tr- so he just goes name. by his last name. Yeah. See why it's super fucking Lord. confusing? Wait, then who's Lord Haw- Hawthorne? Tristan Flynn? Tristan. Okay. Confusing because none Hawthorne. of his names. Interesting. Okay, so he shows up, tells him, you got to go come check this out. And as they're heading downstairs, a portal to hell opens up. And then he realizes that it's not actually a portal it's Shadows and his lovely cousin Cormac steps through. So McCormick is Cormac moving forward. So not over this. And so Bryce was still at the party with her gang and they come to the threshold and Cormac tells her that they're cousins, not by blood, but I thought it was a, weird, a very strange way to start off this conversation. And he follows it by, I came to see my bride. I'm sorry, what? Who's your bride? Uh, it turns out to be Bryce. And yeah, I was that, like, who are you, sir? Yeah. Her true daddy and his daddy was like, we're going to engage them and make them wed and blah, 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 blah. So she's not happy. Hunt is like, what the fuck is happening? And he's tensing. So Bryce tells Cormac to leave to get out of her brother's house. And she starts showing off her power and she starts flashing. And Cormac is pleased because he wanted to see her power demonstrated. And then he takes off. Rune kicks everybody else out from the party and Fury threatens them. If you say anything about the engagement or anything that happened here, you're going to get killed. So they all talk. They decide that they're going to try to figure out a way around this engagement and they're going to reconvene tomorrow. So Bryce and Hunt head home all lovey-dovey, but not really. They're like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get through this together. And when she opens her door, she finds none other than Ethan Holstrom bleeding out on her living room floor And so we find out after she cleans him up that Ethan gave an interview stating that Bryce was the true hero last spring. 
after Sabine made a comment about her just being an attention seeker and she really didn't have anything to do with it. So Sabine was fucking pissed that a wolf underneath her would do that. And so she beat him up with her second, Amelie, and kicked him out of the pack. One of the other wolves, Amelie's younger sister, was kind enough to dump him at Bryce's house. So Bryce tells him to stay the night and they share a bed together and Hunt is fuming because like he doesn't get to share a bed with Bryce. But Ethan, who was shitty to her for two years after her brother, his brother died and she was suffering. Again, the tension? Thought it was going to explode within the first 25%, considering the entire last book we had tension. The next morning, Ethan is warned by Hunt that if he brings any trouble towards Bryce, that Hunt will deal with him and it's not going to be good. Bryce goes to work. She's on the phone talking to Hunt. Cormac walks in. They immediately start going at each other and he's telling her that she needs to act accordingly and then she ends up picking him out. I do want to note that her power starts shining through. Sorry, that sound was me just scrolling through as you were talking trying to find that fan art. So, my bad, y'all. It's okay. Did you find it? Nope. Damn. <laughs> Somebody give up. Someone send it to us. Yeah, so Bryce and McCormick are fighting and he's her star is glowing. And so he tells her Which is that unusual because like her star does not glow just normally. It glows whenever it wants, but she doesn't really – it doesn't glow often. But when it yeah. does, it's super bright. But it, it glowed when he first met her. And then it glowed again in the office. So she's like, mm, this is weird. But he's being an ass and she kicks him out of the office. And then Rune meets with the Autumn King and Cormac to talk about this engagement. And we find out that Rune's fiance, because he's also arranged to Queen Hypaxia, mm-hmm. is part necromancer. And she has taken the throne after her mother passed away. And her coven of witches is upset because they think they feel some type of way about her power. We also find out that her half-sister is none other than Lydia the Hind. So Lydia- Information bomb drop. First one. No, not even the first one, but it feels like the first one. So the Hind is, as a reminder, it's the person who killed Sophie. The notorious Nazi-like interrogator Gestapo torturing all the rebels. And it's worth Mm -hmm. noting it's her half-sister, so they share a mom, not a dad. And they did not grow up together. Right. So her mom was the original queen of the witches, which means that technically she could be the queen of the witches, but she doesn't share any of the power. Right. So Queen Hypaxia has the witch powers and the hind took after her father and has, what is she? She's a deer shifter. Deer shifter. Yeah. Her mom made it with a stag shifter. And in my head, I'm like, huh, who's your dad? Because I know quite... Stags are very prominent in mm-hmm. glass. So, like, who is it? That's Who's blonde, your daddy? A blonde stag. Yeah, right? I mean, obviously, mm. it's not Ro- Rowan, but you know. Well, I was Guess. thinking Tamlin. Tamlin? Okay. We're, we're going to say that for He's our not a stag. theories. He's like a thing. A He's a beast. He's a beast. Not a stag. But he has horns. Like a beast. <laughs> like being the beast. He's horns. Yeah. Wow. No, Anyhow. that is a theory, but I just disagree with that. Sorry, Hilda. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. Everyone has their own opinions. Um, so enter the chat, Therian. So if you don't Therian, remember. We got a lot of Therian in this book. So much, and I was not expecting it. So Therian is the Blue Court's captain of intelligence. He reports directly to the River Queen. We find out that he is betrothed to the river queen's daughter princess the daughter and the princess we come to find out later in the book that 
he just said that he would do it because he was really horny and he wanted to fuck her and now he regrets everything because he thought he could take it back. Right. So he is betrothed to her again because he's like, oh, yeah, I really want to do you, so let's go like, get married and shit. And then they had sex and then he's been putting off a wedding for 10 years, which I don't quite understand how he's gotten away with that for all this time. Yeah, I'd be like, boy, bye. I mean, when you live forever – Ten years. Ten years. That's true. Ten years a is month, nothing. basically. So, so um, I just wanted to make editorial point. With the exception of Queen Hypaxia, all of the leaders in Crescent City are fucking assholes. They suck. The yeah. River Queen they really is, are. Uh, she fucking sucks. The Autumn Look, King Pippa sucks. Making... Sabine sucks. Oh, yeah. The Prime doesn't suck. He's just useless. I mean, he's old. He's like old. I feel like he's, he's got like dementia. Yeah. He's not. He's in and out. Obviously, not a great. A lot of great options for us. Yeah, right it now. makes sense. Sucked. The Under King really fucking sucks. Oh yeah, he's oh, an asshole. The Under King. We haven't even gotten to that asshole yet. So it makes sense why the humans are rebelling, but also Pippa makes the humans look bad. She does. Yeah, She's no. Pippa's a monster. upon our race. She really is. So Therian is sent on a mission by the River Queen to retrieve Sophie's body because the rivers and waterways talk and she found out this information and she wants to be the first one to get the body. She what doesn't do you tell do with why. the dead body? Not sure. But we know now that there's necromancy in this world. Yes. So we're kind of a little concerned. Um, and we know that Sophie has vital information. So she sends him to go retrieve the body. When he finds the exact location that the body has been dumped, he finds the shackles empty. So my brain went, high alert, unlocked and empty. The body's not there. Also, there is a current. So technically, she could have floated away, but there was nothing, no hints that the body was there and she drowned. Right. And they were saying at this depth, like her bones, like everything could have, it's not unusual to find, to not find a body. What was unusual is that the chains were unlocked. Yes. So that was a big clue for him. Um, When he reports it back to the River Queen, the River Queen tells him, I want you to find that body, figure out what happened to Sophie. And she also wants him to find the brother who we all assume has Thunderbird power. In his research, he finds out that Danica, our girl Danica, Danica, has, of course, involved herself with things that she should not be involving herself with that we know of and causing trouble for everybody else, you know? So she's been sending emails back and forth with Sophie and she has it labeled as Project Third. And so she tasked Sophie with Was it also Dusk's Truth? Was it She mentioned Dusk's Truth in the email. Okay. So she tasked her with the job of going to find this vital information that they need to be able to, like destroy this dairy and she's on that mission danica ends up dying before that happens so i think the email train chain starts three years ago danica died two years ago he gets a report as he's going through this email he's like oh shit now i gotta go find bryce because if anyone's gonna know about it it's gonna be bryce because they're besties who don't know anything about each other that's yeah, still annoys me painful like obvious <laughs> yeah i feel bad for bryce i do but- because she's like, I thought I knew everything about this girl. And there's a it's shit like, ton of things she had no When we find out secrets. about Vaxian, my heart actually fucking cracked when she asked him that one question that we'll get to. But so while he's doing his research, he gets a report that uh, they found a boat with the same name as the boat that left the death camp. And there was a life vest on it. So when Therian goes to investigate, he finds fresh human blood, the kid life vest, 
and an arm, an Ophian soldier. An arm of an Ophian soldier. <laughs> that was like, say, Susan's seashells like six times. And so that leads him to believe that everyone's hunting this kid and they're on their way to Crescent City. So while this is happening, Hunt goes into work because he's supposed to be the new archangel today. And her name is Celestina. Yes. Sweet. Got it right. Or Celestial. I like Celestial better. It adds this like mystic beauty to her. Sure. Sure. Um, She's super nice. Of course, he's weird because he's had some very bad interactions with archangels in the past. And during the meeting, he finds out that the rest half of Sandro's Triari will be working with them now. And as soon as that happens, enter Polox and Baxian. So Polox is known as the hammer. Baxian is known as the hound. And when Hunt sees Polox, words aren't even fully out of this man's mouth yet. And Hunt tackles him and they start a fight. I oh, I So I wondered, just wondering, like, how did they come up with these nicknames? Because they all start with H's. So you got the harpy, the hound, the hellhound, the, the hind, the hammer, the hammer. I'm going to tell you right now, it's annoying as fuck. <laughs> They, they kind of start to blend together a little bit. I couldn't even remember the last one. The There's hawk. one more. The hawk? the hawk? There's the hawk? My God. It's so hard to keep track of them. Maybe also, how many other H words could there be? really liked alliteration. Yeah. As one of her... I feel like this would be those instances where, like, you're trying to call your kid's name, and you're like, the hawk. I mean, the hind. I mean, the hellhound. I mean, like, the harpy. Get over here. You know? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't just... Like, you. Come here now. It, it's hard. So... Hunt tackles him. They start a fight, and then Isaac has to break it up. He tosses both of them in the jail downstairs, and then Celestina calls Bryce to come pick up Hunt. Like, come pick up your bad child from school. <laughs> she arrives. She scolds him and is like, "Why weren't you playing nice?" Um, she meets Baxi and Polox at the same time, um, and then the Archangel takes tells her to take him home. So after that, they go to ice cream. They have like. They go to the park, they share some ice cream, and they have some words about, like, how the day went and what their thoughts and feelings about all this stuff is. And as they're getting ready to leave, they spot a reaper. They follow it and they vanish. And I thought that was just so weird. I was like, we're just going to have this entire scene where they're tracking down this reaper and then it just disappears? Y- yes. I had the same thoughts. I'm like, what What was the purpose of that? And then I was like, did I miss something? So I went back and reread it. And I was like, nope. It was just there. And then it went bye-bye. I, I have maybe no clue why they're following to- it. Foreshadow well, for the attack that comes later. It just felt maybe. like a big disconnect between the right. two. I, I, I figure do. it was her way of introducing them, but they didn't do anything. And I didn't understand why Hunt and Bryce was tracking them. Because it's weird to run, in, I guess, into Reapers in the city. I did want to make one editorial comment about the new members of the Triari. So obviously Hunt has history with them because they all worked under Sandriel at some point. And they're all super vicious and terrible. Pollux, in specific, was just as bad as Sandriel when it came to torturing people. So Hunt fucking hates his guts. And then he and Baxian also have history. And Baxian apparently has this huge scar on his neck that Hunt gave him when he basically tried to, like, fry him. So it's not a good thing. That a lot of baggage with this group of joint, yeah, and they live that forever. So the baggage has a very long time coming. Lives forever too. Lives forever, <laughs> clearly. So 
when they turn around, they see Therian and Therian is waving them down and is like, hey, I need your help. So they go back to her apartment and Rune meets them. And so Therian is like telling him everything that he knows. And he asked Bryce if he knew what Danica was up to and if he heard about Sophie or any, he knew about any of the emails, anything about the Dusk. Dusk's truth. Dusk's truth or um, Project Therian. She's like, no, I don't know anything. But when she finds out that a boy is involved and everyone's hunting him. She can't just let it go. So she decides that she wants to search for the kid as well. Hunt's trying to talk her out of it, of course. And because they've already been warned, if they cause any more trouble, they're going to get executed. Um, she tells Darian that she's going to talk to Fury about this stuff with Danica and get back to him. And then Ethan shows up and he decides he wants to help. Bryce and Fury meet the next morning and she asks if she knew anything about Danica and the rebels. And she says, no, but Danica was a bloodhound. And we're immediately like, wait, what? So Danica can sniff out lineage and she didn't know anything about lineage. And that was a super rare wolf trait, I feel like. Who else do we know sniffs out lineage? Who's a bloodhound? Mordok. Dun, 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 which we'll find out later. Uh, Hunt goes to work. He's tasked with helping Baxian get settled at the 33, which feels like a punishment. During lunch, they meet back up with Therian at the apartment. And when she enters the apartment, she sees a white cat perched on Ethan's lap. The cat transforms transforms into Prince Adius, and he reveals the Fae history, which is basically Thea's elder daughter. Helena had Bryce's gift. He was married to Prince Peleus, which turns out to be a lie. Peleus was... The high general, he appointed himself the prince after using the horn and forced himself onto Helena, according to Aedius. And then he stole the sword, which is the sword that Rune uses. He encourages them to get behind the rebel cause. And he tells them it's the same war they fought 15,000 years ago, the same war Hunt fought in the past, and now they are here. And the Asteri rewrote the history. So that's why what they believe they know of Fae history is incorrect. It was really weird. He called her my Bryce, and I started picking up on weird things. He also tells her that... <laughs> His army awaits her commands. And we're like, what? You want Bryce to lead an army? And he tells them you need to start working with the rebels. And I know a rebel that can help you. Coming in straight through the door is none other than McCormack. I said, what the fuck? Cormack is none other than the what we back up. Adia says, hello, Agent Silverbow. Who? Bomb drop. Another bomb drop. God, this book gives you whiplash. So McCormick comes in, Adius disappears, and he ends up telling him everything about Sophie, why he accepted the engagement to Bryce, how he needs both of their helps, um, him and Rune, her and Runes, to find the missing boy, Emil. It's very clear he loves Sophie. Emil escaped Pippa's care, and now he she's hunting him along with everybody else. Um, he admits that he's trying to keep Emil out of Ophian's hand because he cares about him more because it's Pippa's little brother, not Pippa, um, Sophie's little brother. And then they found out that Sophie had vital information and then she died with that information. So that was a key point there. Bryce makes a deal. She says, hey, I will keep this engagement with you. I will help you hunt for Emil with Arian and we'll try to figure out whatever Danica told so Sophie to learn about. But the engagement ends when I want it to end and when I say so. Because if I end it now, the Autumn King will turn around and get me a new um, groom. So Bryce and Hunt leave. And a lot is going on. And she finally tells him, hey, I don't want to wait anymore. Let's do this. So they immediately start making out in the alleyway. And things are starting to get physical. And she's like, hold on. I'm a princess. Nobody can see us. Um, we can't do this here. So they go well, on their Hunt, merry way. Yeah, Hunt says that. He's like, hold on. Mm -hmm. You're yes, a princess. Hunt is a man of reason. You are engaged we, technically and the series you just meet this down. deal with him yeah so yeah. let's 
chill for a hot second. I can't be fucking you in public. As much as I want to. As and much as we you all want to. to. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So Bryce left her badge at home and she went back upstairs to retrieve it. She finds Ethan wielding around Danica's sword um, like a child does when they're play fighting. And he's on top of the coffee table. And as soon as she walks in, the coffee table breaks and they find old papers, uh, college papers from Danica. And it starts revealing what she was looking into. So she was looking into lineage, what the true power of the stereo are. And there's one paper that was called Dusk Teller on there. Nothing else. Dusk's Truth. Right? Dusk's truth. Dusk's truth. So Cormac had convinced Rune to meet him at the bar, convinced Lotch slightly threatened. When he's there, he's talking about how he needs help with this special task and only he can do it. He tells him about the special project that he needs help with and only him as Rune, who has a special gift, can help him. So Rune has the ability to mind speak to other people. And so Cormac needs him to be an agent for the rebels and communicate with another agent who's been feeding them important info. info this job was Sophie's before. He's hesitant to do it, but then he decides to agree to do it. And Cormac is like, if you want out at any time, I got you. I'll get you out. Which I feel like is what any spy person would say, and then somehow they just can't get you out. Right. Yep. And then so I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be involved in this. But I'd probably be like, I'm in, heart. fine, whatever. And really Rune quickly, has a heart, man. not to make this longer, but I don't think we explained the very – antagonistic relationship that Rune and Cormac have because yep. Cormac is his Avalon cousin and he tried to kill Rune when they had their ordeal to get together in the cave of princess when Rune ended up with the star the star sword because Cormac apparently had studied his entire life so that he could get the sword and then Rune ended up getting it so the cousins do not necessarily get along Right, so there's always been that beef between them and their people, kind of. Both of the kingdoms don't get, well that, get along that well. So later that night, Hunt and Bryce are talking about everything that Bryce found. He agrees that he's going to help them, even though he's been super hesitant because he got in trouble for being a rebel and became a slave. And he tells them that we need an exit strategy. And now that they're no longer waiting, they're super tired. They should be going to bed, but you know things get a little physical and she literally sucks the living soul out of him so well that when he passes out, he ends up getting a vision. Like, what a compliment. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like What a job well done. <laughs> right, because man has lived did that. for years centuries and it was real good kudos bryce kudos so while he's sleeping he gets a visit from a prince of hell again i can't keep them fucking straight at this point this is apollyon this is apollyon and he is the prince of the pit and he basically tells hunt that he and bryce need to start working together and they need to train because their powers are more similar than they realize and they can do it and he also tells them the Northern Rift is starting to grow. This is also the same prince that is called the Star Eater because he killed the Seventh Mystery. So Hunt's like, what the fuck is going on? Wait, so when he wakes him? up- I thought it was Peleus. No. So Peleus, remember, is the Fae Prince. Who was oh, the High Commander. Oh. Yeah. Right, 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 and so right. remember, I'm pretty, I'm 99% certain, I don't want to go on a tangent, I'm so sorry. We get one story of Peleus from the Akatar people and we get- Another story from the Valbar and Fae, and then now there's a third story from the Princess of Hell. I have a theory on this. We'll talk in the next episode. Your memory's really good because I do not remember any of this from I've read it twice now. Yeah, Silver Flames, when they talk about Peleus and like the missing swords and stuff. Oh, apparently I just snooze on that part. 
So later that day or night, I don't really know, Rune meets up with his brothers and they decide that they're going to use a crystal and contact Agent Daybright. She gives him a message and he forwards it on to McCormick, but you can already tell that there's like some sort of banter between them. He was very shocked to find out that I was a female and she gives him shit for being new and like the fact that he didn't come prepared. So the next morning, Celestina calls the Triari to her home for a meeting. And when we show up, we find Faxian and Pollock's got into a fight in the public and it made news and now it's circling. And so apparently Baxian was trying to protect a female that Pollock's was going to force himself on. Celestina is clearly upset and she tells them they're willing to give She's willing to give them both a second chance, which kind of I was very disappointed with this response. And it seems like Hunt was as well because she thought she was going to lay down the law for them and kick them out or like punishment, punish them for it because we don't want that type of bad behavior here. She gives them a second chance. Turns out that the Asteri also is aware of it on the news and their plan is to create new news. So the media will stop talking about the fight. And the new news is that she will officially be mated to the Archangel Imperium and they are going to have Archangel babies. So that sucks. And I feel bad for her already because I really liked her, even though she's uh-huh. giving me some of the vibes. I liked her and this sucks, but I also don't mm-hmm. like her at the end. So I don't like fine. her at the end, but at this point I was like, oh, girlfriend, especially since she asked Hunt to stay behind and he tells her, she tells him, I heard that. Bryce is engaged to um, Prince McCormick. <laughs> McCormick. I think at the end of the book, she was still pissed at Hunt, and that's why she ratted him out for doing this to her and leaving One her. time, though. One time. <sighs> Bitches be cray. She also tells him that she was friends with Shahar, and she regrets not assisting them in the rebellion, and that she tried to purchase Hunt several times, and then she had to stop every single time it got denied because she didn't want it to appear suspicious. And she tells them that she wants to be friends. Hunt warns them about Sandriel's um, tiari and that they're no good. And he tells her that if he n- never went to Neha, he would have never met Bryce. When she started talking about like how she kept trying to buy him, I was immediately like, mm, this sounds a little weird. Like, why were you trying so hard to buy him specifically, but you weren't willing to like go out for your friend? Ethan ends up working with Therion. He goes out onto investigation and they find out that there's a Selkie female who's been executed and there's a Gorzian bullet that had stopped her from using her power. And he uses his great sniffing abilities as a wolf and he finds out, he realizes that there's a human female scent and then a male scent that smells just a little off. So he suspects the Selkie found the kid, helped him towards Lunathian and was tortured by Pippa for intel afterwards. And that's how she ended up dead. Bryce, on the other hand, is on her way to training with Rune. When her mom calls, she declines the call. And she starts telling um, Rune that, you know, her mom is super pissed off about the engagement. And she doesn't trust her to play the field the correct way and not get fucked over. And then he starts. she starts telling him about whenever they're fighting, they send each other postcards back and forth as a way to keep communicating to each other without actually having to talk to each other on the phone. And I love the reveal. Of how she was able to save Emil through postcards. Like, I know we'll get to it. I'm just saying, really enjoyed it. It was super cute. And so she, as she's talking about her mom, you know, she gets a little whiff that, like, Rune is super sad that he doesn't have a mom like her. So she invites him to Winter Solstice with her and Hunt, assuming they make it that far. We'll I see. thought in this book or in the last book there was some kind of interaction between Rune and his mom. But there, there isn't. So we really don't know anything about Rune and his mom, right? There's so supposedly there was a an comment. excerpt. There's an excerpt somewhere oh. 
floating around. Like I he goes to visit to, her, right? I need to find it. We need to find I it. Think- also, in this book, it was mentioned that she was – they were really co- close before the split, like before they started fighting. So we'll see what happens. There's a whole um, theory on this that we're going to talk about unhinged theories, just saying. So while they're in that conversation, mid-conversation, Bryce takes – like closes her eyes as she's taking a deep breath. And when she opens them, Rune is gone. So she realizes that a reaper has taken Rune. Again, hello, reaper. Bryce chases after him into the sewers and she's surrounded by a ton of the reapers. They can't be killed, as we know from earlier when we met them in the park. And Agent Bryce is speaking to Rune through their telecommunication thing that they're having in their head. Wait, um, Agent Mind Bryce? Speak. Yeah, no, no. Agent, Agent uh, Daybright. Daybright, yeah. Daybright. They mind speak and she's telling him, wake up, wake up, you're in danger. Just wake up, wake up, wake up. He finally wakes up and he realizes he's in the sewers with all of these reapers and bryce is there trying to get information and save them i just so the saw reapers- a really cool fan art for that actually when i was hunting for the dirty one but just fyi there's fan art for everything so the reapers have a message from the prince of pit apollyon um he says he is ready to strike and he says he the prince hunts through the bone quarter to search for another who might be worthy po- a worthy opponent aka emil so Bryce hears that and she's like, oh shit, Emil might be in the bone quarter. I need to go check that. Um, but of course, they're in the middle of trying to save Rune. McCormick ends up shooting out of nowhere and he grabs Rune and teleports him away. And when he returns, he throws her the star sword and she uses it and it ends up, she's able to use that sword to kill all Reapers. So she attacks a few of them. Uh, some of them die, the others flee. And that is the end of chapter one. Or, part one. Well, not chapter part one. one. It's like not chapter one. <laughs> Part one of our Whoa. Crescent City wrap up. Great job, B. So much happens in this. So it's much. A lot. You know, I have read Rocky Homeland romances that are 600 pages and literally nothing fucking happens in it. 600 pages. That's a lot of work. This is 200 pages more and something happens in every single But I like that better book. because it keeps it going. Yeah. I don't want to be bored. I want like a happy mix. Like, give me something in the middle. I like it. I'm in for the long haul. It's like that perfect Venn diagram. We got spice. We got plot. When they overlap, there's spice and plot. There was not that much spice in this. You know, there was good. There was some good spice. There, was, it was decent. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the best. It's not Nessie. It wasn't Silver Flames. It wasn't. It's Silver not Silver Flames. Flames. Well, you know what? I, I think I have a hard problem with with Hunt and Bryce. I feel like they're missing some sort of connection. Well, they're trauma bonded. So, like that's a, that's what they have. But they're mates. Yeah. So they say. Her scent changed. So they also, say. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? But also, like, her scent changed, yes. But also, everybody used to smell all the males on Nesta. That's true. That would be embarrassing. I take it back. So- <laughs> I take it back. I don't need you sniffing out who, who I was with last Ugh. night or the last, like, four nights. You know what I mean? Just that a mystery. Embarrassing. Keep it a mystery. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap it up tonight from part one of Crescent City 2, House of Sky and Breath. We'll be back with Crescent City 2 part two to get into the 100,000 other plot points that happen (laughs) between now and the end. And, of course, talking of our thoughts and feelings on the epic end. Just for a reader's note, we said it a couple times during this podcast, but right after this, we're going to be tackling a bunch of unhinged theories from the entire SJM universe at this point because now we know that there's there's something happening. There's crossovers. There's overlap. There's, there's overlap, overlap, some kind of overlap. So if you have a great unhinged theory 
I've been collecting a few. I know there's some great TikTokers out there that really deep dive. So like, God bless you and the stickies really doing the Laura's work there to bring us these, <laughs> these connections. Um, but if you have a favorite three or just want to pop it into our DMs, please let us know. Obviously, you can find us at booktalkmamey underscore pod. But we would love to know what is your favorite theory because there's so many out there and there's so many good ones. Every time I hear one, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the truth. And then I read another one. I'm like, oh, wait, that was definitely the truth. And I just – there's so many ways There's so many ways this could go. So it's so fun to be in this world and theorizing what is going to happen next. So from us tonight, good night. See you later. Uh, sleep tight. Rundan and Crown Prince of the Babar and Fae. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Press so, the lever. No, whatever, whatever you're going to say. <laughs> we'll we either edit, edit it, out. it out or we leave it in for <coughs> I was going to say I honestly feel bad talking about the ending because I feel like it's been this well-kept secret and I feel some type of way about talking about it. Related to us. What is this one? House of what is it? I just realized. I don't know its formal name. Sky House of. Is it? House of Sky and Breath. I just know it's the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Sky first and one. Breath, right? And not Breath and Sky. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I don't Let's know. See. It's Crescent City 2. I know. I don't know what's Those. Right. Yeah. That's Sky it. Sky and Breath. Okay. Is this our behind the scenes? <laughs> Sorry. Bloopers. Guys. How do you run a podcast? Well, <laughs> this is it.